You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible is Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul laments the way we shortchange the biblical function, steadfast love, in which the scriptural God, a jealous God, who visits the iniquity of the fathers upon children, the compassionate and gracious God, listening to prayers but not necessarily answering them, is the faithful judge whose steadfast love endures from age to age in the heaviness of his words. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. When the people later in the times of the prophets said, we'll take care of God when we go to his temple to offer our sacrifices. Remember how I refer to his action through the prophets in my second volume of the Old Testament. And many people criticized me on that by using the word, the aggressiveness of God. He leaves his temple and he meets his people in the marketplace and checks on their scales whether they are cheating or not. That's what God did with his prophets who carry his word because the word moves to you from the lips of God and comes to you. Okay, hear me correctly, friends. Don't channel my teaching through your mind. I know you're going to tell me how else. Well, you have to figure it out. If you don't know what I mean, say, friends, I'm going to repeat to the words of Father Paul, as Father Paul said. Now, don't come to me during the coffee hour asking me whether I agree with him or not. Let's not worry about that. Just here, you are always in the presence of God. The one who sees everything, but not platonically, biblically. In other words, when he goes out in the marketplace to check on you, understand it is that he is pulling your hair and bringing you before him as the living Ani says the Lord in Ezekiel, and not a statue that you can fool. Statue icon is the same thing, my friend Orthodox. Let's not play games on that. You are in the presence of God, who is the teacher and ultimately the judge. Notice here when you watch TV and so on, the just has to issue a ruling which is based on the rule. 
that originally was conceived by a cluster of judges. So this judgment is really at the heart of the Bible, which no one likes, especially the Orthodox and the poor again, which are two butts in the same underwear. And listen to this extended first word. You shall not make for yourself a graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is the earth beneath and there's water under the earth. He's making fun of all these statues in the older civilizations. As you know, you would have leopards and sphinxes and, you know, you shall not bow down to them or serve them. For, and listen to this, how could God be jealous, an Orthodox say, you know, that's not good. I don't like this statement in the Bible. Well, it is written. It's a heavy word in Hebrew. Let me not go into that. You can ask Richard Benton. But notice the explanation. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation. That's a fantastic statement. Because later, you're going to hear it in Deuteronomy, where we hear that he is Rahman Rahim, okay, compassionate and gracious. And then who will remember until the fourth generation and immediately after it, in the following verse, you hear this and I shall visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children. So how can you bring this into your reality to understand it? Repeat after me. God is a or the judge. I remember when I was in Lebanon and I gave a, a seminar for four days. The janitor, that's a famous story in Beirut. Until now, the people refer to it. Came and wrote on the blackboard behind me, God is judge. In Arabic, obviously. He got it after the first day. So this is how you bring these two, what we refer to as opposites. And you should know it if you are North American. You know, it's the judge that declares you innocent or responsible for your action. Okay, he declares it. You plead guilty or innocent. That's all you can do. It's your plea. It's not a fact. But the word that comes out of the mouth of the judge is fact. And you can see it. Once he emits his judgment, either you're allowed to leave the court or you are grabbed by the waist and sent to prison. It's real, whereas your plea is not real. And teach this to the people, teach them not to be frustrated if God decides to postpone his answer to your prayer or not to answer it. And then you have a crisis. That's the trouble with our teaching about prayer. Okay, 
God listens to your prayer. What he does, it's his business. Verse 6, the funny thing here, you have it in reverse later, speaking about the goodness of God and its other facet, his visiting the iniquity. Here he begins with a jealous God visiting the iniquity, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love him and keep my commandments. Now here again, I said it, let me say it again, hasted, you know, this steadfast love and so on is, is, is too theologizing. Hasad in Arabic means envy. To love someone to the extreme, making the other yours. Now, the NATO psychologists know that's not true. Love is to allow the others to be himself and so on. And freedom in the conjugal situation and in friendship and so on. That's not the idea here. God is not your tango partner. He does not take part in the dancing with the stars. We are talking with God as the judge who knocked down Pharaoh and his gods to get you out of Egypt. So remember, he is faithful to his promise to you. Teach it to the people. Don't say, he is faithful to us. You should love me as God loves me. Are you kidding me? Imagine a husband as asking his wife or the wife asking her to do that. I mean, are you kidding? God loves you because in the Bible, you have to always add this, only he knows what is good for you. That's why early on in Genesis 2, he did not allow you to enter into debate to figure out what is good and what is evil. And thus this hasted is a powerful word that means commitment to the other. Okay, so if you want to translate it as envy, I have no problem so long as you explain to the people what it means. And he is obviously envious because he does not want to lose you to the other gods. Go back to my previous podcast. Teach friends, commit yourselves, O ye priests of the Most High. Stop showing off to teenagers and young adults. Writing stupid philosophical statements. Concentrate in your parishes to teach the children between six and 10, not before, not after. Before, let them do whatever they please. Let the mothers take care of them. And after 10, let the parents be bogged down with the stupidities of the teens before they get bogged down by the stupidities of the young adults. Teach. Six to ten, they will understand you. They may not like it, but that will be the proof that they understood you correctly. It's for your own good, 
because in the Bible, the other gods fool you with their projected statues that belittle you. That's why the larger the statue, the greater the God. About the statue, you cannot say that its glory is like the glory of the cloud. It doesn't work. But this does not mean that God does not have his own heaviness, but it is through his heavy and unbearable teaching. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.